pray this morning, Father God, what a beautiful day. And I thank you for the truth and the reality of the scriptures, oh God. That our hearts be open to the word of the Lord, knowing that it's profitable unto us, oh God. And we need your holy touch. We need your mighty hand in our lives each and every day. Help us in Jesus' great name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, thank God. Very happy to see each and every one of you here. Very happy. Good to have you in God's house. I'm turning to the book of Acts, which is the fifth book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. So, uh, turn in your Bible or your phone or <laughs> wherever you're able to get the Word of God. That'll be just wonderful. Just remember when we're done, turn your phone off, okay? All right, Acts chapter 15, and I'd like to turn your attention to verse 28. Acts chapter 15 and verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to work for a little while this morning on these necessary things. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Thank God. I'm going to write that up here for you. Very important. These necessary. Okay. These necessary things. There are a lot of things that people, all of us, one time or another or presently, uh, have chased after and become priorities in our lives, first on the list. You know, sometimes we make a list, right? We say, I've got to get this done today. I've got to do this and this and this and this. And we'll make a list. And sometimes we'll make it in our head. I used to do that until my head quit cooperating and I started making it on paper. And, uh, you know, you get from one room to the next and you forgot what you were thinking about. That's pretty bad, isn't it? I just tell myself it's just because there's so many things in my head that I, uh, they're all colliding together and pushing them out. Somebody said it was like a, a glass that just filled up, and after a while it's just overflowing. That's what our minds are like. But uh, things, things that natural things. Now I'm going to give you an example in the book of Job. If you have your Bible and you care to follow, Job chapter 23. Job is just before Psalms, by the way. Sometimes we're a little more familiar with where the book of Psalms is. So you just flip back a little bit. And uh, Job chapter 23 and verse 12 said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of, thy, of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth. Talking about God. I've esteemed God's word or the words of his mouth. I have esteemed them, Brother Williams. I have esteemed them, the words of his mouth, more than my necessary food. Now there's an example, right? We, we don't often miss meals. We somehow work that out. We find ourselves 
driving um, automatic, you know, not even thinking about it. Whoops, oh, we're in the drive-in for McDonald's. There we are. Or we're passing through uh, whichever one you prefer, whether it's uh, Kentucky Fried or the other one down there. Who is it? Popeye's. Oh, that wasn't the one I had in mind. There's another one, though. Dixie Fried. That's the other one that I hear about so much. Okay, so there you go. Uh, we find ourselves in these lines. We find ourselves going there almost automatically, you know. And so Job made something here that we might want to think about, okay, and that is that um, my necessary food. So it's a, maybe I should put it under natural for us today and say that there are some natural things Okay, natural. Okay, so food. Food is one. Okay. Then, of course, there's water. We'll just abbreviate that real quick. H2O, water. One time at the city hall, I wrote out my water bill, to, and I put on it, I put the, uh, I don't know, somewhere in there was the word water, and I put H2O. <laughs> and the girl was like, what is that? And I said, well, I was just abbreviating Shortening, I get tired of writing everything out, you know, so try to shorten it up there a little bit. So anyway, uh, water. These are some natural things, and they are necessary, right? Now, when we say necessary, maybe I should also give you a little definition here. We'll come under the word necessary here, and um, we will put uh, absolutely, absolutely, Okay, absolutely needed. Absolutely needed. That's what ne that's one definition for necessary. It's absolutely needed. Okay, so we do need food and we do need water. We do need that. Okay, and I know there's a whole long list. So I'm not going to get into that. It's just an example. There are some ne natural necessary things, and we we have a tendency to uh, being human. And earthly, that's Bible term, earthly, and, and then also versus uh, heavenly or celestial. Uh, there is that, those things that are connected to uh, terra firma, the earth, and there are those things that are connected to the celestial or the heavenly. And so there are things that are natural, and there are also things, though, that are spiritual, Okay. Now, the thing about it is that the things that are natural, they are temporary, okay? You know, the bad part about doing this, somebody in here is going to be a spell check and you're going to catch all my mistakes, right? Word perfect and all of that. Okay. Well, anyway, temporary. Now, the Bible teaches that there are things that, being natural, being temporary, being of the earth, that that's just what they are. They're temporary. But the things that God and the church, the body of Christ, remember the church is not the church house. The church house, we are very happy to be right here in the little air conditioning this morning and no bugs and all of that. There's not too many of them around here anyway. And uh, we're glad about that. But that's the church house. 
We're building one next door. We're doing that by God's grace. We're building that. That's the church house. But the church, the church is the body of believers. The church is us, okay? It's people who come out of darkness and come into God's marvelous light. So when we talk about the church, remember, we're, we're not talking about a physical, natural uh, building or anything like that. We are talking about a spiritual body of believers. Believers, people who are uh, believing God's word and decided, as Job said, that God's word is greater and more important than my even my necessary food. Believe it or not, God is more important than McDonald's. Woo! That must be important then, huh? <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So, what I'm saying to you is that in the teachings of the Word of God, we, all, we learn that there are things that are spiritual or maybe another, another good term to put here for you would be eternal. Okay? Which means without end. God is eternal. Okay? Heaven will be eternal. Uh, the afterlife will be eternal. You will spend eternity, world without end, in one of two places. All right, now one place in the scripture, the book of Acts, and I'll ask you to turn there to Acts chapter 13. We'll take a look at that. Once again, that book of Acts. This is the, the book of Acts is a history of the church that Jesus gave birth to and commanded and commissioned and sent them into all the world to preach the gospel, okay? And, and so this uh, book of Acts is a history of that. And we read that book of Acts. We read the early original apostolic church and what they did. Apostolic means of the apostles. And Acts 2.42 said that the church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Hence the word apostolic, all right, or of the apostles. Jesus gave it to the apostles. The apostles gave it to everybody else. All right, and they are the foundation. Okay, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In the book of Acts, I'd like you to turn to chapter 13, if you would. All right, in the 13th chapter of the book of Acts, and it is a rather lengthy chapter. It has 52 verses. I'm going to turn to verse 46. How about if I drop to verse 44 and give you a little background? And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Now, this is back in the days of uh, the early beginning. Uh, and uh, I want you to understand that they had their customs. They were a lot of Jewish people. And the Bible comes from that part of the world. We have a tendency to look at the Bible in Western eyes, uh, West, through Western minds and Western eyes, you know. And we read about corn in the Bible, and we think of that beautiful sweet corn from Belgium that we pick up and munch on, you know, like a typewriter. We love it, you know. But that wasn't what corn was in the Bible. But we look at it from that point of view because we live over here, okay. So we look at a lot of things from a Western point of view. But the Bible came from, from the birth in the Mideastern part of the world, okay, over there where Israel is. So sometimes we have to pause a little bit and we have to dig a little bit and learn a little bit about what was being said and what it meant, okay? 
So, but let's take a look here now. So I said that because he said the next Sabbath day, because they were used to the Sabbath that was given to them under the law. You know, that's one of those things that you've got to determine. Is this necessary? Okay? Well, today, in the New Testament church age, time that we live, that Jesus gave birth to the church, he built it, he sent it forth, that Jesus is our Sabbath. It's not a day anymore. It's not rules and, and laws. You know, on the Sabbath day, they could only walk so many steps. They couldn't do any kind of work, okay? And uh, what I want you to understand was that was something that was given actually before the law and then during the law, but when the New Testament church came after the law, we live in a time known as grace. We're no longer under the law. The law was death. We live under grace, a time of life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Okay, so just don't get confused here. During their time in which they were living, they knew where the people hung out at. And so the next Sabbath or the next Saturday uh, day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against these things. They were against the church. They were against the body of Christ. They wanted to live under the old system. They wanted to live under the law. They wanted to keep everything that way. And they had taken the law, and they had perverted the law. They'd gone further than God ever intended. And they were, uh, as Scripture teaches that Jesus, in the days of his flesh, he upbraided them, and he told them, he said, you're all hung up on the washing of pots and, and cups and so on and so forth. And he said, you, you, have, um, <clears throat> you keep certain things, you do certain things, he said, but you omit you forget about or you completely disregard the more important things or the more necessary things, okay? The things that are spiritual, the things that are eternal. And that's what the teaching is about the church, that the things that we're involved with are eternal things, things that are without end. And we are, as, we are a body, soul, and spirit. And the part that you see is the body. And the parts that you don't see is your spiritual part, and that is your spirit, which is your inner person and what's going to give account to God in that day. And what's your soul is your life. The fact that, whoop, you're here, you're alive, you're working, you're conscious, okay? And so when you give up your soul, you give up your life, you die. And, and uh, your spirit will have to give an account to God for the things that you did, the decisions that you made, the places that you went, the things that you can consider to be necessary versus the things that really weren't so, so necessary. The things that are earthly, they have a place, but they're, they're a smaller or a lesser place than the spiritual. The spiritual should take the priority. Now, for 20 years in my life, the spiritual did not take the priority. I did all kinds of goofy things. I wasn't always a preacher. I was lost, and I didn't know anything about the Bible, okay? But one day, by the grace of God, Somebody talked to me about God, and it clicked. It all, it all came together for me, and it was only by God's grace, God's divine favor, and that's to every one of us. He has made that available to all of us, every skin color, every nationality, every continent, every island, everything. It, it's all available to all of us, okay, because God so loved the world. He loves everybody, and he's trying to reach everybody. You say, why is there so many horrible things? Because there's a devil, that's why. Don't blame the horrible things on God. 
You have to realize that the enemy came to earth and he set in to wreak havoc. He set in to make things miserable. He set in to, to just mess everything up. And he's continuing to do that and it's, and, and it's actually worse now in the time that we're living and it's going to get worse. Okay, I can't say worser. That's not really a word, but <laughs> it's about how you feel about it. Okay, so we have to hopefully awake. The Bible said awake to righteousness. Okay, you know, when you're young and you uh, feel like you could do anything, but you won't always be young. Uh, the, the clock is ticking and, and the sand is running through the hourglass and, and pretty soon the only thing that's running fast is the sand through the hourglass and you don't run so fast anymore. Your step has slowed down a little bit. Your reflexes have slowed down a little bit. And uh, before you know it, you know, your, your, your biological time clock is ticked on and run on and, and, uh, and, and you're a little older. And, and uh, we never know, never know when we're, when we're going to go. But the thing to remember is that we will spend all of eternity in one of two places. And uh, I want to strongly advise you to choose heaven. Choose heaven, okay? Choose heaven. Because heaven, the Bible said, the former things will be passed away and all things will become new. And that sounds very much like one of those necessary things. And I'm going to tell you what one of those necessary things are here that is eternal. And, uh, and that is that we... We need to be born again. Okay? And the reason I need to be born again is because Jesus said that if I'm not, then I can't see or enter the kingdom of God. He said that in John chapter 3, verses 3 and 5. And he told a man that came to him and, and asked him uh, and talked to him about the things that he was doing, and he knew it was of God. And, and Jesus told him, except you be born, except you be born, again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he told him, except you be born again of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Okay? So we've got something here that's necessary. We've got to be born again. And once again, we will use the terminology water, H2O, and Spirit. Okay? What that boils down to is, it boils down, I hope you can see this, I hope it's not too low, baptism and Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit is, is fine. Okay, that's what that boils down to, that's what I've got to do. And it's actually, it uh, comes down to these necessary things I'm trying to say. And, and if I can begin to esteem or hold up and value the Word of God more than the natural things or than my necessary food, or that I can see that I really don't need another Big Mac, I really need the Holy Ghost, okay? I really don't need another big hunk of chicken. I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to get all my sins forgiven. I'm in, I'm in deep need of that, okay? We all are. Everybody is. All have sinned, and all have come short of God's glory. But we've got we've to remember something. The Bible said that the Apostle Paul made it crystal clear. He said in the last days, in the, in the latter times, he talked about it would be perilous times, dangerous times. And he talked about people would be turned unto fables, fairy tales, made up stories, um, 
things that the mind would shape and form and, and, uh, to, to what they want and be turned away from the Word of God. Okay, we've got to get the reality of God's Word. And you can't just wake up one day and you've had too many Taco Bell uh, the night before. You know, maybe you woke up at midnight or you stayed up too many night and decided, oh, I stayed up so long I'm hungry, so let's run to the Taco Bell. You know, I call them the tacos from hell. But anyway, I get, <laughs> I like my, my little uh, Spanish people here. They know how to make tacos, let me tell you. But anyway, that's a hint, by the way. <laughs> okay, so we need to have another, another dinner and have some good Spanish food. But anyway... What I am saying to you is that, and then you wake up the next morning because you had a bean dream uh, from what you ate the night before, and you just start dreaming up and making up all these ideas and all these things, and they, they feel good. It's like food. Food can be comfort food, right? I feel bad, so I'm going to get three Big Macs. You know, okay, all right? So, you know, and we, just, we do that. We, we do that. We, we turn to food very often for comfort. And, uh, you know, I'm just determined that I'm not going to eat anything bad, and then all of a sudden something happens and it just, blows my whole day and I'm out there gorging on all kinds of junk, you know. And so, so uh, comfort food we call it. So um, we are kind of emotionally oriented type of people. So, um, but those come under temporary, those come under natural things, those come under things that are, are not absolutely needed. All right? Now Jesus talked about eternal things that were absolutely needed. They were, they were a must, okay? They were a must. Must. They were an accept. All right? Very important to realize the terms and uh, that Jesus used here and the wording and what they mean because there's no way around it. Jesus said, I'm the door. He said, if you're coming in, you're coming through me. And if you try to climb up some other way, it's not going to happen. So you can't just make things up as you go along. You know, people want to do that all the time. They want to do, oh, he was a good man. She was a nice lady. Well, maybe they were. But that, what's that got to do with what's necessary? Okay? What's that got to do with, with, with people? People get sick and die after they've been nice people. You know? Everybody usually thinks their grandma was nice. Their grandpa was nice. You know? And that's because they got so old and feeble, they didn't correct you anymore. And you just got to do whatever you want to do. And you were just so sweet. It didn't matter if you were wrecking the house or wrecking the car or, or whatever. You just give it to me, you know. And so you thought they're sweet and they think you're sweet. But, and that's all good and wonderful. But the bottom line is that uh, you can't just make this up as you go along and go with the comfort food and go with the happy little thoughts. You've got to come down to what God said. We all have to come to that place. We've all got to uh, come to the place to where we start getting these necessary things. Necessary things. Important things. Things that are eternal. Things that are going to determine where I'm going to spend world without end. Now Jesus said, I'm going to cause the former things to pass away. And I'm going to make all things new. And the whole world is going to be uh, rolled up like a scroll and the heavens are going to be on fire and the elements are going to melt with a fervent heat and the devil and the false prophet are going to be cast into the lake of fire and whosoever's name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, that's another necessary thing. See, when I get, when I get born again, when I get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ and I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, my name gets written in the Lamb's book of life and so does yours. And so when that day of judgment comes 
and the book, and the books are open. And, and it, it records my name that I was born again of water and of the Spirit. Then uh, hallelujah, I'm going to be with him for all of eternity where the former things have passed away. Boy, it got late fast. And the former things, have, they're giving me the look back there. The former things have passed away. And that means that uh, no more sickness, no more death, no more devil, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more confusion, no more upset. Okay? And you know, God knows how we're built, and just like we want to reach for the comfort food. Well, I want to tell you, possibly that's why he called the Holy Ghost the Comforter. Because he's going to comfort you in your time of difficulty. And you can keep bouncing from one bad experience to another, but remember, you're getting older. And your step is getting slower. Okay? And here in this book of Acts, chapter 13... Uh, hello, the wind got me here. Okay, he said here, uh, then Paul, well, he said they got so full of envy that they spake against these necessary things, and they uh, were contradicting, and they were blaspheming, and then Paul and Barnabas, the preachers, they waxed bold, and they said it was necessary that the word of God should be first spoken to you. But he said, seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. He said, we're going to go find some other people. We're going to find some other people, the Gentiles, the rest of the world. So the Jewish turned very hard-hearted, and that's where the Bible said that some of them, like branches of a tree, of a natural olive tree, they were broken off. And, and then the, uh, the church began the cloud. I taught you about the latter, the early and the latter rain cloud the spiritual cloud, and how the cloud began to move. You know, you've driven down the road and you knew you were heading towards the cloud and the rain was starting to pelt your windshield. But when five minutes before that, it was nice and sunny. That's because we live in Florida, the land of liquid sunshine, right? Okay, so I am saying to you that you want to realize that uh, the cloud begin to move. And when people don't want God, then God moves on to somebody else. And that's where your Bible also told the church to go out into the highways and the byways and to compel people to come that his house might be full because a lot of people, they went out to them and they wouldn't come. And the ones said, well, I'm too busy. I've got to go check on my farm. Or I'm too busy. I've got a brand new girl. Oh, God forbid, but I've, I've just gotten married. I've got a wife now. I'm, I'm busy, man. Honey, do this and honey, do that. That's what we call honeydew. Okay. Anyway, there's honey buns. Uh, my grandson loves them. But then there's honeydews, and brother, grandpa hates those. <laughs> God do this, God do that. Well, okay, so I'm saying to you that there are, there are things that are necessary, all right? And we've got to get focused on the things that are necessary. And if we can narrow down, people got up this morning, like we do for Man Up, uh, four days a week, we have prayer here at six in the morning, and everybody's welcome. And uh, <clears throat> what I'm saying is, though, that there are people that got up at 6 this morning, one day out of the whole year, because they're going to go down to the seashore and they're going to celebrate some kind of Easter uh, celebration. Okay, is there anything wrong with that? Not a thing in the world wrong with it. You want to go see the sun come up? I see it most every morning. You want to go see the sun come up? Go see the sun come up. You want to feel a little more spiritual about that? Think about God? Good, that's a good thing. But is it necessary? No, it's not necessary. It's not part of God's plan of salvation. God did not say 
uh, if you're going to make heaven now, you're going to have to, every Easter, you're going to have to go down to the seashore at 6 a.m. and you're going to have to watch the sun come up. He didn't say that. It's not in his word. You know what else isn't in the word of God? I heard somebody say it this morning on the radio before I got on and was saying about accepting Christ as your personal Savior. It's not in the Bible. It's not there. You can't find it. I've read this thing almost 500 times. You're not going to find it. You can tell I've worn it out, haven't I? <laughs> okay, I'm saying to you, you're not going to find that. Those, those words, those instructions are not there. They were not given. And there are many other denominational things that people hear and people believe and people will fuss and fight over and argue. I had a kid tell me yesterday when he was telling me about they were all going down to the beach at 6 in the morning. And, I, and I, I said, yeah, and I'll be on the radio preaching about, and, and I'll have church, and I'll be preaching about necessary things, because that's what was pounding away in my mind, necessary things, necessary things. And people are doing all kinds of things that aren't necessary. And, and you know, if the devil can keep you tied up about doing things that are absolutely working as the body, they're worthless, they're obsolete, they're of no value in the spiritual realm. They just don't mean anything. It's like the kid that was outside playing and he heard that music, and it meant that the it meant that the um, ice cream man was coming. Okay, and uh, you know things change over the years, different songs, different tunes. But bottom line is, people become uh, start to identify that with uh, the fact that uh, the ice cream man is in the neighborhood, and so the kids start jumping up and down and trying to get money and get out there to the curb and and buy the icicle, right? And so there was the little boy that was about eight years old, and he wanted ice cream so bad that he ran up and told the ice cream man what he wanted, and the ice cream man slid the ice cream bar across the thing, and the kid threw his hand up there and dropped a bunch of rocks, grabbed the ice cream, and ran away. And, you know, I'm sure the ice cream man was scratching his head and saying, I don't take rocks, okay? Well, I'm trying to tell you, these necessary things, you can't just make it up as you go along and think you're going to hand that to God and that he's going to accept that. He's not going to accept that any more than that ice cream man was accepting those rocks. <laughs> you might have got it done better if you gave him pesos or rubles or marks or something. You know, at least that's money from other countries, you know. I don't know about you, but I've gone to the bank and I've gone in there and mixed in with the change would be, and the coin collector won't take it, the coin counter won't take them. You know, I'll get, we'll get coins from uh, other countries, Canadian coins or or uh, English coins, something, and, and it doesn't take them, and they don't want them, and all of that. So I'm saying to you that there are things that God is not going to accept, church family. And, and you can't say, oh, but God is love. Yes, God is love. And God loves so much that he made it crystal clear that he did what needed to be done. But remember, he's a giver, okay? He is the absolute ruler, and he made the, the rules. He laid it out there. And he, he purchased it with his own blood on the cross, okay? And so the greatest price was paid. So we, we got to learn these necessary things. We've got to learn these things that are spiritually necessary, okay? Spiritually necessary. And I'm telling you, we're not going to get to go to heaven because we have the Guinness record for eating the most Big Macs. It's not going not gonna to mean anything. It doesn't compute at all. It, it's not going to count as anything. What God is looking for is just what the apostle said 
when in chapter 19, when he came a bunch, a, a, a group of people, and he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't heard about any Holy Ghost. And he said, well, how were you baptized? Now, today, people will argue, well, baptism it ain't a part of salvation. That's what you hear from people. You know, they'll tell you right on their websites that, that uh, you, you get baptized so you can do an outward show of faith. Now, I never read that in the Bible, but that's what they say. Okay? And they'll say that, um, that you get in the church. You know, it's more, there's more dying church. No, you don't actually. Uh, there's more to do than there is to heaven then. You know what I mean? Necessary thing. Baptism is necessary. But it's, it's, it's how you're baptized. And you must. You must. It's necessary. It's absolutely needed. You must be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? People want to say in the name, and they don't say the name. They'll talk about Father, they'll talk about Son, they'll talk about Holy Ghost, they'll talk about Alpha and Omega, beginning and ending, first and last. And they're all wonderful titles. Happy about every one of them. But I, I want to know the name of the one who holds all those titles. And when that day comes, when that... I know, i got to quit, I know. When that day comes, and, and uh, you know, he's judged, he's sitting on that, one is sitting on that one throne, Okay, <laughs> and you can say all you want to say about Heavenly Father and Alpha and Omega and first and last and advocate and judge and on and on with the many, many, many titles. But at some point, the Bible said every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And when Isaiah, when Isaiah lifted up his eyes and he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and man, his train filled the temple. That means all of his victories were there. Crown upon crown upon crown upon crown. But when you get to the top crown, I'm telling you, it's engraved with the name Jesus Christ. That's above everything. Above everything. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. And folks, we must be saved. Everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to spend eternity somewhere. Everybody is going to spend eternity somewhere. So don't spend your whole life just taking care of the, the natural things. And there are some natural things that are necessary. I acknowledge that. Okay? But uh, it's these spiritual things that are needed. That... We, we don't want to go out into eternity without these things, okay? You don't want to do that. You could build the finest house. You could know all of the ins and outs of different trades. Uh, you could have a lot of knowledge that's natural, but it's this Word of God that you want to get. So if you'll look with me, number one, the one necessary thing is repent. Now, that means to tell God you're sorry, but it doesn't stop there. Because if I punch Artie in the nose and I tell him I'm sorry, and he wipes the blood off, and then I tell him I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Artie, and I'm bam, I bop him again. And I'm not really sorry, am I? I'm not really sorry. So I've got to stop. I've got to say I'm sorry, and I've got to stop. Okay, so I've got to have a change of attitude, a change of, of direction. 
I've got to repent. I've got to die to sin. And that's part of the gospel, the death of Jesus Christ. He died for sin. I died to my sin. Okay. And then I am to be baptized. Okay. And again, that's that little H2O, in water. And most importantly, in the name of Jesus Christ. Wait a minute, you gotta have a knee there. We're gonna get you. Name of Jesus Christ, okay? That's the second thing. And the third thing, I'm talking to you about necessary things. These necessary things. God said through His church and His leadership, uh, they said, We're not gonna place upon you any other burden than these necessary things. Okay, so we're not trying to heap a whole bunch of things on you here. It's just three things, okay? And then you're to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? That's it, folks. Three things. Three necessary things. Three necessary things. Okay? Now, people will tell you, you know, you need to shake hands. Hey, we're glad you're here from Lake Placid. But that don't save you. Shaking my hand, not going to do it. I wish it would, but it won't. We'll do anything for you, okay? Not going to do any good. Hey, how you doing? Great, but it's not going to save you. Take you to McDonald's or Wallon, but it's not going to save you. Not going to do it. It's not a necessary thing. Not a necessary thing, especially a necessary eternal thing, an eternal thing. Everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. Let's all say it together. Repent. Repent. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ in water. Receive the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Great. There you go. Get those necessary things, and you'll be good. You'll be good. All righty. I think Marvin's coming. Maybe bring Brian and take care of this for me. And and, uh, I think we've got some special things lined up for you on this. Watch that bulb over there. On this beautiful Easter Sunday morning. And, of course, I want to tell you, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ every day. But I, we, do know, <laughs> we do know that today is a day that is set aside once a year. And I'm glad, because before I had the Holy Ghost, that was one of the two days a year I would go to church. One of them was Easter, the other was Christmas. That was it. Any other day, if I'd gone, I had told them the walls would fall down. I never did put that to the test, but, you know, that was the line to get away from it, right? But uh, finally, one day, by the grace of God, I realized what was necessary. And by God's grace, I did it. And uh, boy, it took God's grace, let me tell you. But uh, it's His divine favor, and His favor is available to everybody, okay? It's shining out like the sun is shining, and it's reaching to everybody. And I hope that you will remember that this morning and begin to make the first of your three steps, okay? The first one being you'll repent. And then the next one, you'll tell me you want to be baptized, and we'll baptize you here in the name of Jesus Christ. And then uh, you present yourself, and God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when he fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is you believing in your heart. This is your heart up here. Everybody do this. This is your heart, okay? Spiritually, this is just a physical, natural heart down here. This pumps your blood, circulates every 13 seconds through your system through your 75,000 miles of bloodstream, okay? That's great. But again, 
Spiritually speaking, this is your heart, the seat of your thoughts and your intellect, all right, and your emotions. And so you want to realize that God is trying to help you to get to a place to where you'll repent and then you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the full pardon of all of your sins, and that you will then receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? That's what God wants to do in your life. And these are necessary things, very necessary. Okay, let's stand together. And we're going to sing a quick little chorus and worship the Lord a moment as we get ready to move on today. Thank you. God, touch our hearts. Minister to our minds. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was the blood. 